if you have a financial system where all the banks are relatively similar, when there's a shock, there's a much bigger chance that the whole system will fall down. Hello, my name is Kirsty Styles, and welcome to the weekly economics podcast brought to you by the New Economics Foundation. It's nearly seven years since the 2008 crisis exposed the weaknesses in the global financial system as institutions tumbled. This week, I'm asking Josh Ryan Collins from the New Economics Foundation whether the lessons of the last economic crash have really been learned and whether we are prepared for the next financial crisis. historic day with Wall Street shaken to its very foundation today. And even the health of the most trusted firms are now being called into question. Are you yes or no? Are you taking me? Good evening. It's been another shattering day on the financial markets. This is a once in a half century, probably once in a century type of event. It begins again. 2016 could make the Great Depression look like child's play. The fundamentals that keep an economy strong and stable have not been restored. We promise it will never happen again over 100 years, 150 years. No, that would be silly for me to say that. The resilience revealed by the vast majority of the banks guarantee that the economic recovery will not be hampered. So this week, I'm joined by Josh Ryan Collins, who's Associate Director for Economy and Finance at NEF, uh, and who has also been working on the resilience of the UK's financial system. Hello, Josh. Hi, Kirsty. So uh, we hear the word resilience bandied around a lot uh, in the media, Josh. Um, it's become a bit of a buzzword, uh, as far as I can tell. What does resilience actually mean? Resilience, yeah, you're right about it being bandied around. I uh, recently counted the number of times it was used in the Bank of England's financial stability report, and it was 91. Um, Fun, fun man. (laughs) So it's it's not just the the media, but... um, it's very poorly defined, um, and uh, that's that's the reason why we wanted to write this report, really, because it, unlike most things in in economics and finance, it's actually very nobody's put out a definition that enables us to measure it clearly. We felt, um, and that's what we tried to do. So this is in your resilience report, financial system resilience index report. Yeah, exciting stuff. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so what we tried to do with this report was challenge the way the the notion of resilience was used in in regulation in the banking sector. Basically, the way it's thought about is it's just about if there's a shock to the economy from outside the economy, will the banks that we have fall down, collapse as they did during the crisis or not? And, and And it's about how much capital they hold, how much money they hold in case their loans default, things go wrong. And we wanted to say, actually, it's a bit more complicated than that. It's actually about the nature of the relationships between banks, how interconnected with each other and the wider financial system they are. It's about whether you've got different types of financial organisations in the economy. It's about the size of the economy relative to to GDP. It's about the, the way in which the banks fund themselves. And it's about how complicated their activities are. So it's a much wider thing than just do they have enough capital? Okay, so I've also heard the the word stress test uh, being thrown around very easily as well, particularly uh, in headlines related to Greece. Um, is a stress test for banks the same as uh, you know having resilience? Well, that's that's the issue really. That the main new sort of idea for how you make the system more resilient is to 
to run these scenarios, you know, there's a there's a crisis in the eurozone, for example, or China. Will the banks uh, survive that shock to their assets? Uh, you know, things things go wrong or not, and that's the that's the stress test. Um, rather than, as I said, looking at the broader systemic challenges that these these sort of shocks could could create for the for the banking system. Okay, so one thing that you've done is look at the insight, insights from ecology and the study of ecosystems to understand the resilience of the financial system. Why is that a good comparison uh, and what did you discover? When you, when you have a, an ecosystem, say you have a rainforest, for example, you've got lots of different uh, types of organisms, different types of trees, different kinds of animals. And if there's a, a shock, you know, if there's, if there's a certain, um, I don't know, disease that, that arrives... If you've got different types of organisms, some will survive because not all of them will fall to that to that sort of disease. It's kind of a, a parallel in the in the financial system. If you have a, a financial system where all the banks are relatively similar, doing the same kinds of activities, targeting the same kinds of customers with their loans, with the same business models, and the same incentives, when there's a shock, is a much bigger chance that the whole system will will fall down. And so, what we need is a more diverse banking system. So we, in the UK, we just have basically five big shareholder-owned London-based banks, all targeting mortgages or loans to other financial corporations. What we want is is a more diverse ecosystem with maybe some mutuals some building societies, some local banks in different areas of the country loaning to local businesses, um, which you do have in other countries. So, so how does the UK financial system compare then to other countries in your um, lovely Resilience League table? Well, it's not a good story, I'm afraid. We are bottom, bottom of the league. We are uh, by some by some distance, actually. And um, we actually compare the UK with the G7 major economies. So uh, Italy, France, Canada, Germany, Japan, US, you know, our competitors, really. And we find that we rate bottom on nearly all of the different measures that we look at. And most obviously, financial system size, our uh, financial system is much, much bigger than than GDP. Um, the least diverse system, as I, as I mentioned, most interconnected system. Um, and, and the types of activities banks do are more complicated than other countries as well. Um, so it's been uh, seven years since the uh, last, the 2008 financial crisis. Is our system more resilient than it was then? Um, marginally more resilient, um, but it's not a big difference, really. And other countries have, have done more, according to our index, to improve their financial system resilience. OK, have you got any ex- examples, any countries that we should could be looking to? Yeah, I mean... The, the other country, some of the other countries have um, taken steps to um, hold more capital um, uh, in a way that's uh, better to ours. Um, and they've, for example, in, in Germany, the Sparkas and uh, smaller local banks didn't run into any trouble during the, the crisis and the German government's uh, ensured that they carry on functioning. Um, in contrast, in, in this country, we're looking to raise capital adequacy ratios, which could actually hurt some of our smaller banks. Not that we've got very many. Okay, we have, we've heard about the Sparkasten before, big big fans at the uh, Weekly Economics podcast. So um, does this mean that there's another financial crisis around the corner? Are we in the danger zone? I mean, we are in many ways at risk of, a, of an external shock, I think. Um, because we have uh, a much more interconnected and complicated 
banking system. Um, I mean, it's difficult to say where exactly it would come from right now. We have a, a very large current current account deficit, large trade deficit, um, which means, for example, if interest rates were put up in the US, as been threatening to happen for a while, that could affect sterling. Um, there's threats perhaps from China and, and Greece. Um, the, the point is really it's very hard to predict where the next crisis will come from. The point is to have a system that isn't vulnerable to getting severely hurt. And currently we still do have that sort of banking system. Okay, well, I thought, you know, uh, given everything that's happened uh, in the last five years or so, that the government had already been putting uh, in place measures to create a more resilient um, economy. Yeah, I mean, the government has done some good things. They have forced uh, the larger banks to hold more capital and they've sort of forced them to think about what would happen if there was a shock so they can resolve themselves without having to borrow loads of money from the taxpayer. But what they haven't done is address this systemic issue. So there's been uh, no attempt to create uh, more local banks or different banks with different types of ownership models, so cooperatives. In fact, the cooperative bank, as you might know, has been turned into a shareholder bank. Uh, so an RBS, a public bank, is being is going to be privatised. So we're just going to have another big shareholder bank. So things are going in the wrong direction from a, a type of bank, a business model uh, scenario. Why can't they? Uh, do, uh, you must meet these people, kind of in 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 the work that you do. Do why can't they see the see the problems and you know work out that you know doing the same thing again will produce the same results? I think there's still a sort of fundamental faith in in the market mechanism. Really, the idea that if you create maybe the right better management, for example, um, or we change the culture of the banks, then um, we don't need to change the business model or the incentive structure. You know, people will behave themselves. The banks themselves are all talking about, we've got to create more trust, you know, with the customer, doing lots of marketing to say how wonderful they are and how they're helping the real economy. I don't think anything's going to change unless the business model change. All of these banks have to make double digit returns to their shareholders every quarter. The only way they can do that is by going back to the kinds of risky behaviour that they were doing prior to the crisis, investment banking, speculative loans. Um, so I don't see evidence of that changing. OK, and so you've alluded to a couple of things that could be done to reduce this exposure um, in the future. Do you want to just give us a little bit more detail about what you think should be done today to create a better banking system? Well, I think we should stop the sell-off of Royal Bank of Scotland. This is a huge bank. Um, it's a massive opportunity because it's still publicly owned. And our proposal is to break it up into 130 uh, citizens banks that would be focused on local economies and, and vanilla, plain vanilla lending to SMEs and to, to people. That would be the, the big bang solution. If that's not going to happen, what we need to do is have as many opportunities as possible for challenger banks that are actually do have different business models to get in on the scene. And there's some evidence of positive things happen, the payment system being opened up, for example, meaning that competitors with much lighter footprints could actually enter the payment system and start lending um, innovations in digital technology and mobile phones perhaps offer some chinks of light. Um, but I think much more needs to be done by the regulators to give give an advantage to these smaller players. Okay, well, Josh, thank you so much for um, coming along to condense what I'm sure is an awful lot of um, complicated work into such a short space of time. Thanks so much for speaking thank to you, us. Thank you, Kirsty. If 
if you want to help us touch more ears with our kick-ass brand of economicsy goodness, uh, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a cheeky rating, unless it's just the one star, and tell all you see on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, and that new hip cool platform that I'm certainly not aware of yet. We'll be back at the same time next week. The Weekly Economics Podcast is brought to you by the New Economics Foundation, an independent think tank and charity that campaigns for a fairer, sustainable economy. Find out more and get involved at neweconomics.org.